going on, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome on into the Brass Ring Media Podcast, the free flagship edition of the show for Thursday, January 11th, 2024. I'm Zach Haydorn. That is Tyler Sage. Tyler, man, what's going on? Yeah, so it's a good day to talk wrestling. Oh, my um, gosh. I enjoyed the thumbnail you made. So, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's good stuff. And, uh, yeah, we're going to talk about it. I can't wait to talk about what we're going to talk about. Um, we're going to hit a bunch of different topics today. We're going to start talking about Tony Khan, Tony Khan versus Twitter. We are going to talk about the Young Bucks in their return to AEW last night on Dynamite. And also um, talk a little bit about the Royal Rumble and how um, how that event and match is uh is shaking out. Um, so lots to get to. Um, the chat is loading up here. Hello to Ryan, who's in there. From what I understand, Ryan, Tyler doesn't have a John Cena cutout, but a Seth Rollins cutout that he no longer has. So you're out of luck, my friend. I don't like to disappoint you, Ryan, but I, I have to today. Yeah, I'm trying to look. I've got a signed Kenny Omega from ROH, 8x10 back here. Uh, I've got me dressed up as Macho Man. For Halloween with my brother-in-law who was dressed as Hogan, so I'm the least problematic of the two characters in that capacity. But that's about the extent of my wrestling gear down here at the moment. Besides, yeah, Kenny Omega Ring of Honor eight by ten sign. That's pretty. It's pretty sweet. Pretty sweet. Yeah, that was a uh, that event. And we we're already derailing. There, there was a meet and greet beforehand. You could meet, you know, everyone on the roster basically. But the lines. It was at a venue. It's now called Kemba Live in Columbus. It was called something else, but. It's like an indoor-outdoor music venue, and the whole upper balcony was Kenny on one side and the Bucks on the other side, and that was like the lines forming. And I remember waiting in line. This is 2017, probably, huh. whenever like the peak. It was after the first Okada match, but okay. um, and like you'd walk past all the ROH talent like on your way to pay Kenny or the Bucks to to get their signature and photo op. And Hangman, like no one was in Hangman's line the entire time, and I was like, "Oh, poor Hangman." I remember saying that to my buddies, and uh, you know, he's he's now a staple world champion, etc. So, um, yeah, so interesting times. For sure. I wonder where Hangman got his uh, sad cowboy shtick from. Like, <laughs> yeah, he was living it that day for sure. Yeah, I gave him the little, <laughs> but I didn't pay him anything. So you know, I'm sure he's oh, like, "Go after yourself." Sorry. Well, guys, we have a lot to get to. Yeah, chat is great. Hello, Adam. Hello, Tracy. Hello, Zach. Hello, Sean. And hello, everybody else. Uh, this is our free podcast of the week uh, for right now. Wink, wink. Uh, maybe some more news to come on that soon. But it uh, we're live every Thursday afternoon talking with you uh, on all the big stories in professional wrestling. And uh, we're thrilled to be here today. Again, we've got a lot of, a lot of great topics. You can subscribe to our channel right here for free uh, hit the notification button so you know when we go live you can also uh engage with our work for free over at substack and uh so read some of our weekly columns on uh the old crazy world of professional wrestling if you want to take things to the next level um become a brass ring media member we uh have membership opportunities available it's four dollars um and for four dollars you get all the content that we do on Substack, you get this podcast, you get a members-only podcast, you get uh, pay-per-view and major show uh, review um, episodes of the podcast, and access to our uh, to our Discord community. So, uh, look, every reason 
to, to give us a shot and we'll do all we can to earn your business. $4, you can find us on Patreon, patreon.com backslash Brass Ring Media. Also, um, excited to announce that we uh, have been able to monetize the channel for the first time ever. So uh, thank you guys for listening and for watching the content. It's really helped us out. And, um, and we can now continue to to build this thing with you um, and, and get bigger and bigger. Super chats are open. And you know, uh, Tyler and myself, we will take all questions. We will take all comments. Um, if you are willing to participate via super chat, we definitely would appreciate it. Any little bit helps us out and helps us uh, keep the show going for free um, each and every single week. Again, we really would appreciate it. And thank you um, in advance. And if I can say something about that, you're yes. the modest one of the two of us, I would say. And yes, all <laughs> questions, Ryan. I see that there. Um, <laughs> and uh, uh, this is not shade at our where we were at previously, SE Scoops or PW Torch. Like both, especially PW Torch made you and I both like what we are today. So hopefully that's never been an issue for anyone that's watching. If you're new, yes. that's where we came from. Definitely give them a look. Wade's reporting is still second to none. Great team over there. I know Sean does work over there, who's on the chat right now, um, amongst other people who are part of our group. So, but we did, geez, but we did uh, get monetized faster here than we did over at those plat at that platform. Excuse is already yes. monetized. So that's thanks to you guys following us, making this happen. Cannot believe it. When Zach sent me the message, what was it? early this week, like Monday or like Friday of last week, something like that. Yeah, I couldn't believe like that. it. So, so it's like, it's, it's awesome. So, um, thanks guys. Yeah, we do appreciate it guys. And, uh, yeah, thanks. Uh, thanks in advance for the support. Um, uh, yeah, Ryan, you know, all questions, all questions, but you might not like the answers we give, but we'll, we'll take all questions <laughs> for sure. <laughs> Yeah, like, what right. do you think about Aaron Rodgers, guys? I don't know. Let's. I mean, I'm oh, I get that for, for now. That's a whole other platform. That's a whole other platform for that. Uh, <laughs> a whole other platform. All right, let's get into the wrestling talk here. I look, Tony Khan. You know, he loves his phone. He loves his phone. He loves the old Twitter machine. Um, this isn't the first time we've seen Tony Khan kind of lose it on uh, on social media. Um, but it was one of the more bizarre times, just given the the topic at hand and what he was debating and with whom. So quick backstory, um, and, and, and I'm going to be brief on purpose just because, you know, if you want to find it, you can go on Twitter and find the full thing. But basically, Tony Khan thought AW was getting some unfair treatment on social media and other places because of... Uh, of a match that he booked. He books, he books Hook versus Samoa Joe in a title match. Everybody apparently loses their minds. WWE books Jinder Mahal versus Seth Rollins in a title match, and nobody says anything, according to Tony Khan. And uh, and there you go. So you uh uh that's the story in a nutshell. But then he went back and forth with with people on Twitter. He went back and forth with Eric Bischoff on Twitter. He's dropping weird gifts and weird memes. Uh, it's, uh, it was quite the show, uh, <laughs> on, on, uh, on Tuesday afternoon. Um, Tyler, man, I mean, I know I don't, I know I don't need to ask you, Hey, what's your opinion on this? But 
you know, when you see that this time again, more from him here, I mean, does it tell you anything new about kind of his mindset, his, uh, you know, his ability to run, you know, a major million dollar company on his own? What, what say you, what was going through your mind when you're seeing this kind of cross your feet on Tuesday morning or Tuesday afternoon? Yeah. I mean, more of the same, like, it's kind of like we're in, I wonder if you could track like how often this happens. Is it every like three months? Is it every six weeks? I have to get out my, my red um, yarn to tie these threads together um, on my, my, uh, what, what, uh, what, what, what am I looking for? The uh, thing you push pin in cork, my cork, cork board cork for board. my conspiracy theories about Tony Khan. Sorry. That was, uh, that was rough. So, but yes, um, not, nothing really changed. Just like it's more of the same and, you know, I saw the posts on, you know, like Squared Circle or stuff, but I avoided it. I don't, I didn't think I saw them live. And I have my feed if whenever I'm on Twitter to current, not who I follow, which is a much better way to do that. I think that everyone should do that if they're on that at all. But um, yeah, just more of the same. Not surprised. If you told me this, I would totally believe it without looking it up. So, you know, that's its own can of worms that we've already opened and dumped. Um, it just, you know, tells you what it is. It, it, fuels not even this one but the past instances of this fuel my opinions of him as a leader of a company um you know if he's just the booker and someone else takes like a forefront on things like this it's like a completely different story that's what me and i've advocated for of people being like used in the best way possible right like out of the two of us like we each have different skill sets that we do here at brass ring right that we focus on you know, yeah. you do all the reads at the top without look, reading anything. And I'm like, hey, guys, here's a peace sign while Zach's doing that. Right. So, like, that's our skill sets. And Tony Khan, I think, is a pretty good booker when given the opportunity to focus on that for a two hour program a week. Right. Back in the day, those dynamite shows were, you know, just awesome, especially during the pandemic. Yeah. It was like, hey, I kind of get I lived my life like dynamite to dynamite because they were so good. And WWE product was so bad. So there is that quality there. Um, but yeah, it doesn't change anything about how I would think he is as a boss, as a business leader, if I'm from Warner Brothers Discovery, et cetera. Um, so, yeah. And I know Zach had a very good super chat that when we get to it, I have a lot to say since. Yeah. yeah since I live in Ohio. I, <laughs> I really like, I just, I thought this Twitter rant, by Tony Khan was like more obnoxious than than usual. I, I just, I really just like you're not the victim. He's not a victim here. You know, he's got a wrestling promotion, and you put out matches, and whatever happens after that happens. Like, you know, like people like it, people don't like it. That's gonna happen no matter what match you book. He could put Kenny Omega on Okada versus Okada on television Saturday night. And somebody is going to have a negative opinion on it. Like, you can't, you just have to have thicker skin, period. Like, to, like, to, 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 to run a business and run a promotion in professional wrestling. And so, it's like, I just look at that and I'm like, man, like, you don't, you don't get it. You know, you're not understanding what's, what's, what's happening here. Um, and I, and that's just, I don't know, it's just really was annoying to me this 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 go around obviously everything still stays as far as like 
Yes. Should he have more things to do? Absolutely. Does he need a filter? Yes. Can a PR team get involved here? That would help. Um, but he's not helping his shows here. That was my ultimate takeaway. And I was on with um, Jason Powell yesterday, and I'll reiterate here what I said. Like, I think if you lean into that type of conversation and those type of antics and that type of back and forth, and you want and like your, you know, your your reasoning to do it is because hey, like, uh, we're just promoting our show. It's like, first of all, you don't trust your show when that's happening. And second of all, you, you get people that ultimately tune in for the wrong reason. They tune in to see like the crazy, you know, TMZ output instead of like a, like a good wrestling show and with, with narrative and with a story and like, and all those things that we talk about that AEW is missing. And I just think that the more Tony Khan plays into that, the more he's going to get out the same type of response. And, that only goes so far. Like you can only take that so far. Like it's like a, it's like a one hit wonder gimmick, like the acclaimed, like it only goes a certain distance, like our truth in, in WWE. Like it don't only you can only get so far with it. Rusev day. You can only get so far. And the same thing is here. And so like, he totally plays into like his super base and, you know, renders everything else like pretty darn pretty darn useless and i think it's just a it's a bad thing to feed you know the to feed your your show and to feed your product and to prop your product up on um it just uh yeah it's just it, i think you're getting the wrong thing out of that and you think you think you're not but you really are not to mention you know the other product is way stronger than your product right now and that you know i think you can be kind of like the the punk, uh, you know, number two playing from behind guy, you know, when the, when number one is kind of, you know, either flailing or they're a little bit weaker, but you, you don't, you know, can't go after their, like, uh, after that person or that group in the same way, when they're clicking on all cylinders, I think it just makes you look really, really, really silly. Yeah. And, um, what, you know, I agree with everything you've just said thing like two things come come to mind of this right like if you're trying to let's say we're trying to be productive on this if let's say you and i work for aw we do not we would disclose it to you guys if we did probably wouldn't be able to do the show but if, if i had some say to tony khan i would say like you if you're going to keep this up which you are like i don't think anyone's going to be able to tell him to stop doing stuff like this like he needs to be in my opinion a character on tv like is that good for the tv yeah. product probably not but like it makes more sense if he's like this guy on the television product. Like the fact that he's more buttoned up from eight to 10, two nights a week. And the rest of the time is less buttoned up is kind of the inverse of what should be happening. Right. Like if you're going to be a character, I don't know. It just, it is at this point, like be some version of yourself that you can then bring to Twitter and it's more of a story. Right. But if you pull back and like, Look at leaders of anything, right? Let's let's take, you know, leaders of companies. Let's say like a GM or a coach or an owner of a sports team, a showrunner for a television show you like. If any of those people did acted this sort of way, and I'm sure people are going to drop comments in here of, of people that have done it, I can almost guarantee you it's always been to the detriment of 
the thing they owned or the thing they produced or the thing they created. And, you know, like any example is, you know, I don't know, Jerry Jones comes to mind. And I'm not saying that Tony Khan and him are similar, even though they both own football teams, they're both billionaires, and they both are lovers of antics, I would say, in a nice yes. way. They, they enjoy the same extracurricular activities um, as being billionaires. So, you know, is that normally a good thing or is it a bad thing when the if the Cowboys lose on Saturday to the Packers and on the radio show this week he said that his coaches will probably get fired if he loses this playoff game, right? Like, it might be true, but is it is airing that in public really good for the team? I would say no if I was a Cowboys fan. Thankfully, I'm yeah. not. But um, – it is what it is a showrunner, right? If, um, oh man, who wrote the Sopranos? I cannot think of it right now. Oh, um, I don't know. It's David something, I think. Anyway, let's say like the finale of the Sopranos is happening and everyone hates, spoiler alert, what happened there. I won't say it, I guess, if you haven't watched it. But like, let's say he's like live tweeting, like, hey, you're all stupid. And you didn't get what I was trying to get. So you're dumb fans and I hate you, right? I'm not saying that's what Tony Khan's doing here. <laughs> but it's some version of that, and that's just not helping the product itself, right? So be it's, a character, Tony. Just be this character on TV. It'll be funny. You'll be our truth. Whatever. You know, I, be McMahon I, without the N-word in 2004. I don't, I don't know that I can second Tony Khan being on TV, man. I don't. I mean, you're right. You're right. It's, it's the best of a bad situation yes, in my opinion. It, it plays better there, but boy, oh boy, that's a, that doesn't sell you. That doesn't scream from the mountaintop that we're in a good place with our, with our wrestling show. Let's, uh, I'm going to pull up some, uh, some of our, our chats here that are coming mm -hmm. in. Thank you guys. I uh, really appreciate it. Zach, I'm going to get to yours in, in a minute. Um, but uh, we'll go, we'll start with Matt. Matt goes, I love Tony's ex antics. Not any different than the WCW, WWE, class just in a different context if anything the monday night wars were worse controversy creates cash here's how i would respond to that matt like in god i mean i'm gonna sound like eric bischoff here and i really don't want to <laughs> but i'm going to because i think in this context he's right the they were actually competing with one another like they were actually going head to head with one another it was like i'm gonna like, I'm going to reveal their results on TV live to hurt them because they're going to be on the air at the exact same time. This is silly, like, creative stuff. You didn't have Eric Bischoff now, granted. Like, maybe he would have if Twitter existed back then. But he didn't get on the air and, like, go, boy, you know, uh, Steve Austin really didn't earn that title shot. It didn't make sense from a storyline perspective. And, and I don't know, I get crap for that all the time. Like, I think it's like totally like apples and oranges. There's a difference in, you know, two businesses competing with one another and petty, like and petty nonsense on, on social media. So I look, I, if you like Tony's antics, that's, that's great for, and that's totally your prerogative map. And I'm glad you spoke up, but I think, um, when I look at that, I'm just like, eh, you know, it's not, it's really not the same thing, Tyler. Yeah. I mean, you know, and I think we talked about Hook being a person going for the title last week on the show, but I can't yeah. remember if we even talked about it. Like, how long do we talk about it? It was like a news hit, maybe like five minutes. If that, if that. Yeah. So, you know, gender, we probably would have talked about it this week. If this, you know, as like a, hey, look at these two bad people going for the title 
but like it is what it is. Like it's the first time going for the title. Like you know, the gender one is worse, honestly, if you compare the two, right? Because oh, yeah. in, in the in the grand scheme of things, so but you know, this now takes all the like any sort of critique that you and I would have about the two of like, hey, if you had to choose a world title match to watch in the next three weeks, I mean, probably the Roman four way, but the second would be the Joe and Hook match, and the third would be Seth and Gender, right? So now that yes. critique is, is out the window because now we're all just talking about Tony Khan. And well, and I, yeah, and not to mention, like, I, I just didn't think there was very much backlash against the Hook Joe match to begin with, yeah. or a lot of praise for the for the Jinder Seth match. So it's like the the rants was just totally unwarranted. Yeah. On, Who's on he tweeting side. to? Did you say that? Do you? I don't know. It was, was to the like... USA Network account. <laughs> yeah, that's what it was. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I don't know what, what's what's worse, that or like you know, a wrestling fan one two three dot four seven two two one a b c d q r x one two three. I don't know. One, the they're both sad for sure. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> one's like a bot, and the other one is a bot as well. Yes. It's a corporate bot. So yeah. At least you like are speaking into the ether when you're responding to the to the bot bot. But yeah, I mean, it's just yeah, Matt. Thank you for the. I'm assuming you're talking about us, uh, or at least that's the that's the spin I'm going to put on this. So I do appreciate it, Matt. The best mm-hmm. wrestling show. I will take that to the bank. Thank you, Matt. I appreciate it. Uh, let's go. We got a couple more topics on this, and then we're going to pivot into a, a, a super chat from Sean on uh, on last night's Dynamite. Um, Zach, thank you, Zach, and, and thank you, Matt, for the contribution. We very much appreciate it. It helps us out so much, guys. And so thank you, thank you. Um, Zach says, so Mark Cuban dismantled J.D. Vance on Twitter, but Tony Khan isn't allowed to express an opinion without ranting. I I mean, I don't think either of them should should like I don't I don't see by why why like you know like kind of critiquing Tony Khan for this uh means that you know I'm giving Mark Cuban a pass. I'm certainly not. I think it's silly for both of them to. If Tyler were going back and forth with bot A3546 on Twitter, I'd be like, yo, Tyler, man, give it a rest. Like, it's just, <laughs> it's silly. Like, so it doesn't make sense for anybody to do this. Um, I would not put Tony Khan in the same category as Mark Cuban, though, either. Like, you know, I mean, Tony Khan is a struggling product. He, you know, you know, is still trying to make AEW, you know, uh, uh, a healthy and strong business. I mean, Cuban is kind of like, he's done his thing, you know, like he, he's to me, like he's in a category of like, well, I guess this guy's just going to do what he wants. And, and that's that. And, and Tony Khan, I just, I don't know, he doesn't have the same clout yet. At least that's my, that's my opinion. But the end game is nobody should be doing this kind of thing. Tyler. <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, I think Mark Cuban, uh, he doesn't own the team anymore. I don't know if I'm sure Zach knows that. So it's the Adelsons, the the big casino family, where he yes. like has some control still, but doesn't. It's a it's a whole thing. But I would say in the tenure of his run, right? If you're a, a Mavericks fan only, um, you know, he brought one title, but I think his antics, if you're gonna compare the two, can compare contrast. I think that's what Zach is doing here. Let me know if I'm wrong, Zach. But um I think there were other titles to win and I don't think you lost talent along the way, but I think there were people, you know, I don't think it necessarily helped uh, the Dallas Mavericks, what Mark Cuban was doing. It certainly didn't help Mark Cuban because he wanted to buy the Cubs. He had the money to do it. And MLB, all the owners voted him not to own a baseball team because of his quote unquote antics back in the mid two thousands. So 
It certainly didn't help Mark Cuban because he would love to own the Cubs way more than he wanted to own the Mavs. I can guarantee you that as being a guy that went to Indiana University. Definitely a Cubs fan. So, um, but I just, you know, it's one of those things where I would prefer my owner to be unknown and spend a lot of money, right? That's like the perfect owner in sports. (laughs) Your Chicago Bears have Uh, owners that that you don't talk, that don't talk, but don't spend any money, right? So, And the J.D. Vance thing, I live in Ohio, so I'm one of his constituents. J.D. Vance is a senator from Ohio. Zach just dropped in the chat. Um, so I'll leave that there. I think Zach and I's leanings politically are known. If not, that's great. We're here to talk about wrestling. I, th- I hope that, I hope we cover all people on all bits because that's kind of what makes it fun, just like wrestling, right? Like, Not that left and right is A-W-W-W-E, but you know, we all kind of do that as people, so it's kind of fun. To, to do that so but you know mark cuban was going to run for president or said he was or is kind of alluded to it kind of like the rock right it's a good way to stay in the zeitgeist Test in the water so yeah. so him like taking out jd vance as like a centrist is what he's doing is just different than you know the usa account right like one could actually be kind of important if you think about it and the other one is um you know usa network twitter account and tony Khan, right. which is an exactly so exactly uh, Matt Chinen again. Uh, thank you, Zach. It's a good, good topic. Good topic, and certainly a way that to kind of defend it. Dana White, Vince McMahon. What do we? Why do we expect billionaires to be clean cut and buttoned up? I think Tony should talk that talk. Viva la con. <laughs> Matt, <laughs> watch out. There might be on pro or not uh, on uh, shop AEW. There might be a viva la con. Yes, that's a sure if it is Matt, you better get a royalty check. Yes, yes. Hopefully the commissions roll in on that. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, like I. You know, I think it, I think it's just silly. Like it's, I mean, look, these guys are, can do whatever they want. They do, Um, you know, Mm -hmm. to me, it's a little, it's still different with Tony Khan. Like Vince McMahon didn't do much of this at all. He would not be on Twitter debating, you know, with, with, with fans. That just, I don't think would happen. Dana White, like he, that, that's a part of the UFC that like, interaction and the brash Dana White is like in the fabric of the UFC. Um, Tony Khan and AEW is still figuring that out. They're still figuring out what they want to be. And I, you know, um, and maybe it's just Tony and maybe it's just, uh, you know, Tony comes across as a lot more whiny than, than Dana does. I don't agree with 95% of what Dana White says. Uh, it's not as whiny to me as, uh, as, as Tony Khan. So that's, so that's, that's how I would, uh, I would, I would look at that. And Matt also says, people think billionaires should act better. But who called that? Tony is the most harmless of all the billionaires. <laughs> <laughs> he tweets, Vince and Dana abuse. Hey, look. Yeah, certainly are. Definitely. There's lists that might have billionaires on them, et cetera. So, you know, um, all that sort of stuff. How many billionaires I, do you think are in the world, Zach? I, I looked it up. You can do your point, but I looked it up because um, I was interested. Oh, God, man. I don't know. I I, I I have absolutely no clue how to answer it. How many? This is per Google, so it's probably, you know, give or take a couple hundred, but 3,194 billionaires. In the okay. World. I would say most of them are buttoned up from a statistical standpoint. But yes. if we know about them, they're probably not buttoned up because they're larger than life personalities that did what it took to become billionaires. So there you and, go. And also, like Matt, too, I want to make sure to put this out there. Like, we are not, uh, I am not sitting here going, well, Tony's just as bad as Vince and Dana because of, you know, it's, I'm not, it's not comparing the, 
it's not comparing the two. I mean, Vince and Dana have done some bad things. Dana on camera, Vince, you know, we 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 know we know those stories. It's not I'm not comparing like negative antics. It's almost it's just like I'm talking about this particular situation specifically. Um so uh so yeah, so so that's yeah, I, I hope he just wraps it up. Like, you know, he's above that, he's got other things to do, he's got a company that needs him to focus, and it's just uh to me it's just it's annoying. Um, it's annoying at best. <laughs> Zach, the USA Network account came for Tony. They did. They did. They got him. They got him too. All right. Let's um let's move on to some subjects. You guys have dropped some really good stuff in our in our super chat, and we appreciate that. Super chats are open for everybody who's joining us live. In addition to our normal chat, we'll get to every super chat on the show. Um, let's start. We'll go to Sean and we'll, uh, we'll change directions here. What did you guys think of the eight person tag matches last night on AEW Dynamite? I know why they did it, but the matches just felt so random. Tyler, you first. Yeah. I mean, I think they should have almost, I mean, they're in Daly's place. It's called homecoming, right? I don't know how you like market that you're going to do kind of a throwback to early AEW and the way it's was booked with an eight man tag match to start the show. And kind of a bunch of people you've never heard of or don't really know as much. And they have matches. You have a couple stars coming through. It, it was definitely built like a pandemic era show, an early AEW show. And um, that's why they did it. I mean, especially in the women's. Like, I didn't dis- I didn't dislike having an eight-person tag match in the women's division because it got all your top-level women's performers on the show, which is like, pro- I mean, is that the first time they've done something like that? Where it's been a like, while. They've had tag matches, but like literally, like hey, here's like our mid, upper mid card and, and top level stars within AEW in our division, um, and you're all going to see them this week on TV. So I like that aspect of it. It did, it did, you know, scratch that kind of random itch for that audience. But you know, I didn't think it was too bad. I knew it as a fan, but that's like the problem with a lot of things we talk about AEW storytelling wise is like you kind of got to know to know and if you don't know you don't know what you don't know right so that was i can see the issues people would have with it but for five hours of content a week having a couple eight person tag matches i don't, I don't think it's the end of the world and they'll probably yeah. go away from it but it was fine i mean i like the matches to be honest i thought they were like the matches themselves were good um they were super random to me too and i it kind of felt weird for for adam copeland to be in in one yeah. of them um like it's just like like what like i mean like orange cassidy like he's always in those, those kind of matches yeah. copeland is like i don't know man like he's like a different level guy so like i think in each match there were uh talents that just kind of like huh that's 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 weird um i think that like the point of these in addition to feeling like pandemic not pandemic here but like daily's play style matches was to to pay tribute to brody lee um, but they didn't make that very clear. Like, they, like mm-hmm. I think that if that was the point, like you wanted to, like you should have probably called them like Bro- Brody Lee Memorial tag matches or matches or something to that effect. Because mm-hmm. you know Preston Vance got the finish in his, and Anna Jay got the finish in hers. So like that kind of like ties you know ties everything together. But like if they really weren't promoted and hyped that way, so I like look, Sean. I mean, you hit the nail on the head for my issues with uh 
with 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 the WWE or with AEW product for for months, which is like a lack of context. And and you jump in here again and you say that that exact same thing. I just want some context. Where's Rose a bit? And 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 that's yeah, that's the thing. I think in this case, because there was no context around it, like you really needed to define like why are these matches happening? And in this case, you know, it was because of homecoming and it was because of Brody Lee. I don't think they threaded that needle very well for as good as I thought the matches were. And I thought they were um, both, you know, fun, uh, fun watches. Yeah. And adding to the question of context, like, you know, how long has Preston Vance been with, was it with Dustin? Or what was the story there? These Dude, I said this, I asked the same question. <laughs> Everybody knows, like drop it in the chat, uh, the, 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 the live chat here. And we'll, you know, I mean, it just felt so weird. Like I was like, yeah. "Who's like, who's this guy?" Because Roosh uh, is still there. I know he's with Andrade more so, and Andrade's gone. But I think him and Roosh yeah. could be a pretty fun tag team. So I don't. I mean, whatever. Not that I'm caring too much about Preston Vance, if I'm being honest with you. So, um, but <laughs> it's just like another example of that, right? And like Thunder Rosa, as um, Sean is asking, like I think that happened on a collision. What like two weeks ago? She came out. Of, okay, because like. You know, my my dumb brain, and I'll just speak for me here, like WWE has kind of destroyed my ability to <laughs> if, if, if the shows are not like different rosters and different style of setup, it's hard for me to like differentiate what happens on Dynamite Collision, especially if I watch both like live. They both kind of merge together that week, you know, as I get farther away. We're supposed to Raw or SmackDown, I know, because they're different rosters and one's blue, one's red. I know it's stupid, but... Like yeah. it helps in my brain to come to uh, compartmentalize it of like what happened when. So, you know, that's a whole other thing. I that is a, and it's an issue. It's an issue because like that didn't happen all that long ago. And not only did Thunder Rosa ha- make a return, she also she had a match on Collision too mm-hmm. the following week. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, her like, and Abaddon right took on. Yes, yes. Sky Blue and Sky Black and Julie Hart. Yes, yes. So it's like, yeah, yeah that's the I watch. It's a bit of a that's a bit of a it's yeah, it's it's a miss. It's like yeah. but not a lot of people are watching that show, man. I mean it, it it's dangerously close to dropping below uh below four hundred four four hundred thousand below four hundred thousand. Even easy for me to say. Uh but but yeah, I mean it their, their product needs needs context. Period. Um, in terms of uh, let's go to a different uh, another another AEW uh, topic here. We'll go back to Zach because um, this was like on my mind after the show last night. And thanks, Sean, for the super chat. I know you got another one in there. We'll we'll make sure to get to that. Um, Zach chiming in here. So yeah, on the sting on the sting spot, it was dangerous. But how do you tell Sting no at this point? Dude, you just tell them no. You're the boss. You're the boss. And not only like are you the boss, but you have a major show coming up on the back of that guy. Like, why are you doing stuff off of a balcony at 64 years old um, weeks before you have a huge retirement um, match planned and a retirement show planned. It's just like, even if like you don't care about Sting's well-being at all and you're like Vince McMahon and all you care about is the business, like you still shouldn't be doing that because you're risking like your big main event 
uh, when, when you do that. That bump looked like it hurt like hell. Like, you missed the first table. I don't know how many times AW is going to do a table spot like that and miss the first table. Like, move the thing back. Uh, but you did. He, he hit the, he hit hard, and it felt like it's it stunned him. Reports coming in indicate he was fine, um, but it doesn't mean that it's not going to have an impact on your 64-year-old body. Uh, so, yeah, it was dangerous. It was stupid. Like it's just it's not even what you know Wade uh, Wade and uh, his co-host on the post show last night were was talking about um, that like this kind of crazy stunt bump stuff is not even what like got Sting over it's not why people are drawn to Sting it's all very very silly um, and I, I just I don't see any need for it so that's what I would do Zach I would just straight up say like sorry sorry you're you you can do a lot of things. But you're not going to do that. Maybe you could do it on the pay per view. We'll think about it, but not not now. Sorry. Yeah, I mean, let's be honest. Like Tony Khan probably was as surprised as not as surprised. Like we could have all guessed that would have happened. But that spot, you know, I doubt they went over with Tony. Like, hey, I'm going to do the spot. Is that cool, boss? I just don't think that <laughs> is like the relationship in AEW for better or for worse, right? So, yeah. and at this point, especially if you're Tony, like you almost can't say no because you let him do whatever he wants relatively. I think Tony does the way he doesn't book him a lot, because he knows it's going to happen is his way. Like, if I had to analyze Tony as a boss, um, it's the reason why we haven't gotten, like, the tour of Sting here in the last couple weeks and months since he's announced. So, yeah, I mean, it is what it is. But one thing from that match, I mean, so Sting is 64, and Flair is, what, 73? I don't know if that if he is off top. Wait, of my head. wait, who, who? Flair, Ric Flair, is like seventy three. Yes. yes. So, obviously, one almost died, and the other one has been like the difference in like a couple years, and like the the lives they've lived. Like Flair could barely like walk in that ring, like and that... getting in and out. I was like, I hope they don't actually bump him because like he's gonna no, God. die hmm. if he gets hit at all. Because like Darby's doing like the, um, you know his missile spot. And I was like, just you're real close to Rick. Just like the difference in a couple of years is like stunning to me of those two guys. Um, but well, yeah. and flair, I mean, you know, <laughs> he's got other issues. Uh, yeah. And the chops, ooh. I mean, yikes, what are we doing? Like, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. So. Tracy, are we, Tracy comes in here to say, just say no to age discrimination. I hope, I hope that's not what we're, what we're like advocating for. I, I don't think Sting should be left off the show. I just think, uh, you know, look, to me, like big stunt bump stuff like that, you know, it, it, it's not even, it, I mean, in this case, it was a nice thing for me. I'm like, dude, that guy's 65 years old. Like he should not be taking that bump. I'm almost 40. I'm not taking that bump. But like, really, if you think about it, if you break it down, it's like, that is a random throwaway tag team main event on a television show nobody should be taking that bump in a match like that on that sh on that show you know with with those stakes on the line i mean it's not it's just not like good business for your body it's not smart as a performer it's not how you get longevity you know out of your career so i don't you know i don't think that like in this case yeah definitely my 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 mindset is sting no rick flair no but like 
you know, if Sammy Guevara did like a, you know, Spanish fly off the top of the top of the stage through a table and hurt himself, it's like, my opinion would be the same. Like, let, you know, it'd be a little bit less impact. <laughs> what? A- well, I mean, yes, I'm just trying to, you, I- trying, to, trying to get you in trouble here. So get someone to clip yes. this and have. <laughs> Going to clip it. Guy on Brashring Media wants Sammy, Sammy Guevara to get hurt. No, it's just, uh, it's just like there's a time and a place for that stuff. And and I, you know, for Sting, I think it's never. But you know, for even for others, it's like you got to be smart. Like Darby, I would say the same thing to Darby. Like, dude, this is a TV match on Dynamite with like almost no build. Like, you don't need to be, you know, taking a. German suplex directly on your neck yeah, for the okay. second week in a row. Like, dear God, it was crazy. Um, going and, back to and, Hob- and Hobbs before we do it, like you don't want to throw Hobbs on his head off the balcony where he missed. He's the one that missed that table more than Sting. I felt like. Well, that too. So, yeah, yeah. Well, exactly. Yeah. I didn't even think about poor Hobbs in that whole deal. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, and Zach uh, pushing back here. Good for you, Zach. Sting though. Isn't he owed some deference at this point, given the age and decades he put into the business? Yeah, to a point. To a point, yeah, he is. Um, but I, you know, some like wrestlers, like fighters, you gotta sometimes protect them from themselves. And like with Ric Flair, like Ric Flair, you know, has given a lot to the business too. But if I'm Tony Khan, I'm certainly not gonna have him wrestle a match just because he wants to. Um, it's just, uh, it's just, it's just, you can't do that. He can't wrestle a match. And so if he can't figure that out for himself, like then, you know, you got to make that call for him. It's like somebody like if they had, if somebody had a broken leg and they're like, no, I can go, I can go. It's like, no, you can't go. You have a broken leg, so you can't go. Sorry about that, but you can't. Um, I don't see any problem with like laying down the law in that in that way i really don't am i off base here tyler like i mean like i mean you've got to give some deference on things and i would do it for like you know i want to try this move or i want the promo to sound this way or can my t-shirts look like this like but but big stuff like this like i don't know i think you got to do something to protect your wrestlers there yeah i mean two two minds of this right is like how have you treated them up to this point and tony khan's obviously let them darby included do whatever he wants right so like to pull it back now, I think as a boss is not the way to do it if you've already given them. But you know, yeah, I mean, if you want to look out for your wrestlers, um, it's hard to be on the other side as well. And it's but, not to say you can't change. I mean, all of a sudden you could just decide, nope. You know what? I am going to be more uh, more nitpicky now on the stuff that we do. Mm-hmm. So you know, yeah. I mean, no. it's not a, a huge issue for me. Um, like I, I'm pretty neutral on it. I guess like this is. Not something I've thought about until we talked about it here. But, you know, it's one of those things. It's like, you know, think again, like the correlation to sports, right? Like we all have our favorite teams and some people on those teams are way more injury prone than others. Like some people take two people can take the same hit in football on your team. And, you know, like that person's getting up and that person's not. And Sting just happens to be that person that always gets up, right? More so than, you know, I don't know who's who's injured a lot in AEW. Um, Brian Danielson, right? Like, I think Sting's more hardy than Brian Danielson, right? If you had to put the two together. And so yeah. it's like, I'm not advocating for either, but it's like, if well, if if Sting and Brian Danielson came up to me and wanted to do the same spot, and I had to choose one, like, I'd probably be like, all right, Sting, go for it, buddy. 
Like, if you had to choose, right? And that's not what this is, but it's one of those things yeah. of, like, I think you would agree that, like, he seems to be less likely to hurt himself. And I assume he's gotten a hip and knee replacement. Maybe those things are just titanium and you don't have to worry about it at all about that thing. And he's, he's basically the, you know, $350,000 man below the waist. So maybe he can take all those bumps and it doesn't matter. So I don't know. I mean, yeah. I mean, maybe, yeah. I mean, sure, sure. Like, you're not wrong. I mean, he, like, some stuff Danielson does, I have the same reaction to. I'm like, what, really? You're doing this? Why are we Why are we doing this? Um, Adam, uh, jumping in on the topic here. Thank you, Adam. And thank you, Tracy, as well. Um, Tracy, big supporter, and we appreciate it. So thank you, Adam, you too, and, and everybody. Uh, thank you, thank you. Adam says, there's too many, too many risky spots on TV, period. They should be saved for big shows. Yeah, that's where I'm at. I mean, I think it's just like the business of that is – important to remember um it's a little bit more difficult i don't want to come across as too old school because there's a element of pro wrestling now that's very much look at this look at me look at this look what i did you know aspect to it um so i don't want to be all uh you know get off my lawn with it but like you, know, you do want to save that stuff for when you really really need it um and i just don't think this match you know needed it with the with the with sting um uh, matt i'm gonna get to your tna tweet in a minute here <laughs> i cannot wait to discuss that um we'll jump back to so, so that we stay with dynamite here and then we'll go to wwe and we'll close up with some tna uh a quick tna uh, uh a topic uh, sean um bringing up the adam cole promo with undisputed kingdom um last night um i did not like Cole's follow-up promo last night, Sean says. Uh, it just felt the same as last week, and the other guys just don't feel important. Cole needs to gloat. Um, Tyler, what did you think of the follow-up to Adam Cole and uh, to Sean's uh, Sean's point here? Were you up on it, down on it, just kind of the same? It's all flat? Where are you at? Yeah, ever since I've not done a live written report for Dynamite, I would say my attention to the show, just in general, not anything bad, has gone from like 101% to like 87 percent right mm -hmm. um but i thought i swore to you that i thought like a recording of last week's episode started playing somehow on my tv <laughs> and like after the promo i was like hold on i i swear to god i've heard this like it verbatim almost um so yeah that i think is a critique all the other critiques you and i have had for a long time if you're new to the show i'll sum up mine that I just like, I think Adam Cole can work as a heel. Obviously, did a great in NXT, but just the guys around him, it just feels so like Mr. Brody Lee to, to bring him up, right? Like, he probably would have been like, you know, it's so, like a weird hypothetical, but like, do you think Brody Lee would have been a world champion in AEW? Or would he have been like The Undertaker, where he just has big matches and like doesn't win the title? Yeah, I don't, I don't, this I don't like, think he would have been a world title guy. Yeah. So, like, that's kind of the level Cole feels of like you have like blood feeds with this guy, but I like I don't know if he's like slated for bigger things. Like we saw a swerve, and I guess maybe we'll talk about that on the on the page show. I'd like to talk about that with with Paige and Swerve and, and Joe, but um, it's actually like that on the show. But um, yeah, I just uh, it it just feels mid card, like upper mid card, sure. But like, is that group going to be in blood and guts? Sure, why not? But like. Is that like what you wanted out of all of this? Like probably not. And 
again, I'm going to keep floating it. Like, I think if he cuts all his friends out, starting with MJF, it has this super group of all the up and comers. And like, he, I think he keeps Wardlow because Wardlow's like not his friend, right? He's his muscle. So you keep Wardlow, but you drop the kingdom and you drop Roddy. You kind of do what you will with them. I think they could come and like help MJF and be like, not pinnacle too, but you know, you can do some fun stuff and not cut them out completely of the company. Um, but it's just like, there's so much more potential for Cole being the leader of this badass group. And it's just not happening. And it doesn't feel like there's much trajectory there. And it feels like they're spinning their wheels until Cole can wrestle. And in the meantime, it's just not working. So, you know, when he wrestles and when he can like get in physical combat with somebody, yeah. I'm open yeah. to change my opinion, but right now it's not working. I have pretty much the same sentiment as you. I like, I liked it a little bit better than last week because I just thought the delivery was better. It was more concise. It didn't like drop in um, like direct elements of dissension between Wardlow and Cole already. Uh, so I think it was better than last week, Sean, but I, I, I mean, I had the same issues that you do and the same issues that Tyler just outlined. Like it felt very much the same, um, almost like a do over. Like he felt like he needed to like redo <laughs> like the, <laughs> like redo the promo um but he i think he just has a really hard like a really steep hill to climb um due to the fact that he's surrounded by guys that are in like that need to be elevated by cole um and i think it's just hard for him to do that right now because he can't really be active like he can cut the promos but he can't wrestle he can't get in the ring he can't participate in attacks like i think that like unfortunately like this group is like neutered already like they don't have an edge i mean you know i was a big proponent of coming out of world's end like that they need a big angle like and that's why i didn't like the show a couple weeks ago like they needed a big angle to establish themselves and this promo it establishes them like it checks the box of like hey we're gonna go out there and establish ourselves now check mission statement check that's important. And sometimes, frankly, that's not in AW, you know, uh, canon enough. Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. these guys needed more, man. I mean, you put months into this story. Like, and so to just treat them like, you know, uh, you know, like the, uh, the, the, what was like the, the firm, you know, when they had, when they came around, like, it's just, it's, it's not, it's not at the right level right now. And I, I don't think it's clicking. He got some booze. You know, so I don't want to like, um, you know, take that away. He did it was able to generate some heat, but it's not it didn't come across to me like it's very like main event right now. So, um, you know, I'm definitely uh, in wait and see mode on this, but they have a steep hill to climb um, without uh, without question. Um, we uh, want to go to Matt here because Matt brought up. The small Joe promo, which was another big part of AW Dynamite last uh, last night, Joe finally gets some time to get in the ring, cut a promo on being the champion and what his title reign going to be about. Matt says here, Joe feels main event. Nothing's forced. He's natural. Um, I really like this promo from from Joe. Um, I thought it was really just compelling on, on multiple levels. Like for one thing, you know, he owned the ring from like a, being a star perspective, but he also presented as a champion. Like when he walked out there, like it seemed like if you knew Joe or you don't, like he came across as like the, the big, like a, 
the biggest star on the show. Like any, and he had the world title. And I think that there's something inherent in organizing your show that way that makes everything else fall in place. Like I think it, like establishing Joe the way that they did, and then going to Swerve, and then going to Page, and then going to Hook. You know, in the as they were like walking out, like that mm-hmm. worked, and that helped those three guys. Um, so I really um, liked what they did here. I'm going to pivot quickly to um, to Zach uh, because he. Um, it's talking about the championship committee. Zach says, thoughts on the championship committee. It gave nostalgia, early 90s WCW vibes. Can it be used effectively to determine title challengers? If they stick with it, yes, I think it can. I, you know, I don't think you have to constantly do callbacks to 90s WCW. Tony Khan loves it. Absolutely loves that time period. He loves the callbacks. But in this case, when Joe is referencing that, it felt like something real. It felt like, you know, a group that he's attached to because he's the champion. Um, and so as long as they stick with that narrative, you know, I think having like a committee that's tasked with and referenced as, you know, the place and the group of people that are going to determine title shots. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I think that's, that's good booking. It puts like the decision on someone within the story of AEW and not like Tony Khan behind the scenes. So I, yeah, Zach, I think it can work. I think it can definitely work. And I think Joe framed it up really well um, in his, uh, in his promo last night. So Tyler, uh, take Joe, you know, in his first in-ring appearance, becoming champion. And then, you know, loop in your thoughts on the the championship committee um, as well. Yeah, I liked it. I mean, you have a, a veteran who's been around the block, who's good on promos, good in the ring as champion, helps everything kind of settle down. So I like that. I like the cavalcade of opponents. Two faces, one guy who is a face but is uh, presented as a heel, right? So it's kind of the inverse of the traditional of all the, you know, baby faces chasing the heel, right? Uh-huh. So, you know, it's all there. So that's good, right? That's all kind of wrestling one one that you and I like. So that's positive. And then the committee, it's better than the ranking system, the way AEW had to oh, book yeah, matches yeah. to get there. And it's way better, in my opinion, than a, than a general manager who eventually gets stale and you have to switch out. So um, I think it's you know the best of those options presented. Um, I would like to not know who's on the committee because then that becomes storyline of people intimidating right. those members to get title shots, et cetera. So we don't need to know. We don't need yeah, to know. If it's some amorphous group in the shadows, that's better because that's – you know, essentially like WWE five years ago, just someone comes out and says, Hey, I got you at the rumble or whatever. I'm challenging you and they accept, right? That's the same thing, but you can do it in a context that has a little bit more of a sports feel. So I, yeah. I like that and hope they can keep with it. Yeah. I, I know that, that the uh, kind of the walkout and like declare your shot is like a tried, you know, and like maybe even under overdone trope of like pro wrestling. I mean, you, pull up a wrestling show on the WWE network on Peacock mm-hmm. and like 80% of the time you're going to ha- get something like that to start raw from about 1997 to like yeah. 2004. Yeah. Um, and so like it could be overdone, but here like AW doesn't do it too much. They don't. And so it really worked here to define what you and I've been talking about for a while, which is like, who are the top guys? Who are the top guys going after the title in this case right now? It's, page it's swerve it's hook 
and then I guess it's Wardlow, you know, uh, and, and Adam and Adam Cole, who kind of addressed the, that in a, in a different setting. Didn't love that. I thought Wardlow could, should have probably, you know, been out there. But, hey, you know, he did it, and that's, that's, and that's important. So, yeah, I, I think this is a good way to tell your audience these are our top guys. Like, these are the guys you need to pay attention to. I think there's some interesting omissions there, you know, like Adam Copeland, not involved. Um, you know, uh, like, obviously, Kenny Omega's not there. John Moxley, not involved. Like, I think that – so there's some interest. Brian Danielson, same thing. So this is in some interesting folks that are not kind of in this – but, you know, not everybody can be going after the world title yeah. at the same time yeah. either. So that's it. Okay. It does kind of feel like 1995 WWF, right? And that's yes. like the new, the new era, right? Like it yeah. is Swerve, Shawn Michaels, and is, I don't know. If Daniel Garcia was bigger, would he be like, you know, would he be <laughs> yeah. uh, hit Bret Hart? I don't know. That, that seems like a stretch. But um, yeah. Yeah. it's tough to make. Any comparison to Brad. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and Adam just nails it on the head here. I think Joe Joe's, believe, Joe's believable, and he owns the ring and the mic. He does, man. I mean, he, you know, just, I mean, just his presence. I think he just has a presence about him. Um, and so it almost doesn't matter what he says. Like, it's just this, that presence is there. And it, but he does, you know, say things that just line up really well. I think this is a – I wrote this um, – on our Substack page, my Dynamite uh, receipt review today, it's like you, like Tony Khan, by accident, may have stumbled into a world champion here that could really help reestablish like that part of the card, just because of who Joe is. You know, um, you're not building the company around Joe. You're not, you know, Joe. I don't think in in 12 months is is going to be a guy who's main eventing all of your shows. But for right now, like you may have just fallen into something on accident that just helps establish the prestige of that belt. And that's, yeah. you know, some, sometimes you need a little luck as a promotion and, and, and they may have gotten in here. I do think like 15 seconds on that. I think it also gives you a roadmap for the, the babyface version of this with Eddie Kingston in a couple of years. If you want to do that and like you need to kind right. of jolt yeah. it, like I think mm -hmm. just the inverse, but you have Eddie's like a similar character in that one. Yeah, yeah. For sure, very well said, and a good reminder. Um, let's go to uh, let's go to uh, uh, a uh, WWE question here. I like at least I think it is a WWE question. I want to. Uh, it's an it's another uh, uh, chat from Zach, and Zach says thoughts on the new COO hire and what he could do for the company. Zach, do you mean the the ESPN guy being brought in as the head of production for WWE? Uh, that, that's what I'm assuming you meant um but i could be wrong so definitely uh, aw he's talking about aw oh yes okay. former former wwe employee uh aw hires former wwe regional director of live events as new C coo was that, was let, me that know, let me know if i got that wrong uh a day ago from scoops hmm, a day ago from, oh. from wrestling inc yeah okay um look I don't even need to know <laughs> who the they moved on is. from. They moved on from what Dana, right? Uh, moved on from Dana, but she wasn't like it, the COO. Yeah, uh, but the CEO they did move on, right? The, the former CEO. Yes. Uh, yes. Yeah. So anyway, good. I I don't even need to know who the COO is. Um, I mean, outside of like just some awful person, like for me to say that it's a bad hire. I think it's a good hire. I think fresh people in AEW right now 
like that can take the company from, you know, little engine that could like start up wrestling promotion into soon to be probably near billion dollar, you know, TV company. Like you gotta bring in the reinforcements and the people that can um, sustain the company at that level. And so I think this is, I think it's a good move. And so this person, as long as Tony Khan gives them the bandwidth, just like any other, you know, leader or boss to do their thing and to execute their vision. Like, I think it's a good, it's a really like healthy move for the company at the right time. And, you know, and I brought up the WWE hire too, the new head of production for Kevin Dunn. I'm equally as excited about that hire too. I mean, it's been a long time, like Tyler, since we've seen like someone else in WWE execute their television vision for that company and so Mm -hmm. like you know yeah could it fall flat on its face yes do i think he's gonna make like grandiose changes instantly no but like just the fact that you have a fresh set of eyes looking at that product for the first time much like the the situation here in AEW, um it's good it's good for a company it's good for a wrestling promotion so this gets a thumbs up from me zach thanks for bringing it up tyler what do you think yeah i would Check out Dominic did a good write up in SC Scoops. I just kind of skimmed about the new COO. So I think it's oh, interesting. Good. So I would direct people there after the show, please. But uh, <laughs> check that out. Dom, yes. Dom's a good writer. So, um, but yeah, I agree. I mean, just moving out from QT Marshall and, and you know, friends and family, mom and pop aspect. You know, you got the, uh, the food truck that turned into the brick and mortar that turned into two locations that yeah. you're now franchising. Yep. That like there's there's things that you need to change, unfortunately, if you're gonna have a business that grows at, at that pace. So that's just what's going on here. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. And that's not a bad thing. Like it's just not like that's not a negative, you know? But you gotta adjust. You have to adjust. Um I thought uh Monday Night Raw this week was speaking of WWE mm-hmm. was um like really a smart show for the Royal Rumble in particular, like last week we talked about how, Hey, we hope that they start, you know, building up some guys and building up some rivalries and some feuds within the, within the match. And man, they came out. I I thought they came out hot this week with Drew McIntyre and CM Punk facing off. Um, I thought it was a hell of a promo, like just a really strong piece of business that, you know, took advantage of the freshness between Punk and Drew um like interacting for the first time while also at the very same time you know establishing a story for the rumble punk's gonna throw drew out you know i mean you you it's a simple story but like that's that's out there now their like dissension and drama between the two is out there now and so i i thought like i we think they need more of that they need more of that in both matches like i think you want to see drew and cody maybe Punk and Cody, you know, in, in some sort of scenario. On the women's side, like Becky with, you know, um, uh, with different folks that she's going to be, you know, feuding with potentially in that match. So I thought it was a really good start to um, to Royal Rumble build. And I thought Punk and uh, and Drew McIntyre especially were were really, uh, really effective and, uh, and engaging um, in that opening uh, segment. What do you think, Tyler? Yeah. No, I agree. I mean, I, I liked it a lot. I think Drew and Swerve, oddly enough, are kind of similar characters at the moment within WWE. Yeah. Um, or within wrestling, sorry. Um, and uh, 
yeah, it's 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 interesting, and and that's like the pro of you know me big anti CM Punk guy. Um, the the pro <laughs> of using CM Punk in this way is that you establish like interaction with him means you're a top guy, and that like losing to Seth, especially the way he did, he got the WWE protection job. Um, but then like the fall the, to follow it up as we talked about with AEW a lot, like to follow it up, and he's in this like this new angle that is putting a spotlight on him within the rumble um, is, is good. It maintains his character. And that's why you do protective finishes like that. So you're not like lowering him in your mind on the card. Yep. I looked up the odds. I think we'll talk about this next week or maybe the week after, because we got what two flagships for the rumble. Um, the, the interesting odds, I would say for anyone that's interested to look those up on, on the rumble, <laughs> um, not the, the order I would have them. Um, but you know, I think Drew certainly has a dark horse candidacy now based on this interaction and how he's being positioned. And yeah, like you said, with the women's match, like I'm, I'm fully in on the men's match. I only need like four, three or four people that I think legitimately can win it to make it pretty interesting. And I think we're certainly there. I think we're in the five, six range for the Rumble. And uh, for the, you know, women's Rumble, A, I mean, it's like zero of who I feel good about winning that thing at this point. And yeah. that's also not good, but I would love, you know, a story between a couple women like you laid out there. Um, and they have two, they have three SmackDowns and two Raws to do it. Right. So I think we can get there, but, um, you know, don't want to leave that out there. Like WWE is perfect because that match could essentially not happen. And I don't think it would affect much of anything. It wouldn't affect like, I don't know anything of the buildup. Like they could go the whole time and I'd still like the show, but that's not a place I want to be with WWE with so many talented people. Yeah. Yeah. It was a good night for them um, for sure. Um, I mean, you know, obviously they're down in in viewership. They're competing against the college football championship. That's going to be a a big thing. Um, I thought the show was good. Um, (laughs) Zach with a super chat here. Every time Pepsi Phil speaks, I feel like Jeff Goldblum in Jurassic Park. There's going to be dinosaurs on your dinosaur tour, right? Is he going to wrestle or flap his gums? Uh, Man, ouch, Zach. Ouch. Coming in hot on that one. Uh, He's going to wrestle. He's going to wrestle at the Royal Rumble. Um, I don't, he's not going to wrestle before that. I, I, I for sure I'd be shocked if he wrestled before that. Um, I mean, like I suppose you could make an argument that this thing with Drew is an avenue to set that up, but uh, but I don't think so. I think they want part of the hook of the Rumble to be CM Punk wrestling for the first time on TV. Mm-hmm. So um, so yes, he's going to, um, but no, Zach, not uh, not yet. Are they uh, you know having their cake and eating it too? too much here tyler or you know is this a good use of punk so far like let me just take Mm -hmm. a step back and reframe that question a bit i this was the first week that i thought he actually even the promo against seth was good but it was also it was very much a punk's back promo you know and the back and forth was rooted in him in being back this felt more like you know an episodic television promo for punk to have. And that's like his first real like wrestling promo since he came back. So I, you know, he, they needed to pump the brakes on the, Oh, I'm back stuff and get to this. If, if, as long as they stay in this lane, like I'm good with him, not wrestling to the Royal Rumble. Where, where are you, where are you at on that? And on that question? Yeah. I mean, it depends like, 
you know, if this is Vince controlling this, I'm I'm more down on this because I don't know where it goes, right? With sure. Lebeck, I give I give him more credence on like I do think that he is getting people like Zach Barber, not you, Zach, hey Dorn, Zach and I to like kind of infuriate us as like the smart <laughs> fans on CM Punk that like he's a heel to us uh, and he's a baby face to the WWE universe for if that transition does happen, that if he does, let's say screw over Cody and make himself a heel in the rumble or something, right. It, or, or, you know, screws over some, whatever. He's not a member of the bloodline. He does something dastardly at some point and turns heel, which we, I think we all think is going to happen. Then like it's built in and, you know, I don't know if, Zach or I are necessarily going to watch more or less WWE as a result, but like, we'll be like, Hey, told you so I saw the signs of it. And that's like, I think booking that triple H likes to do of like this guy walks like a baby face, but he's certainly talking like a heel and acting like a heel. Right. So I think there's a lot of that happening here. And yes, I mean the whole sting conversation, I think you totally have with punk like Sting or, you know, sting and punk. If I'm Tony Khan and they both work for me, I'm having Sting do no. that bump way before Punk because Punk's getting hurt. Cole's getting hurt. Uh, you know, you, whatever. But that's what I, I mean, mean man. Like, I, you need him for like three matches and don't use him if you don't have to. So I think a, that's a thousand percent. And when you do use him, like, he doesn't have to, you know, he's not like, he doesn't have to wrestle like, uh, you know, like, like Darby out there. Like, yeah, deliver a batch and that, and you're fine. Um, and I totally agree on like, that. Sure. Like, Real talk, we're like real, real talk for everyone here because they all know this at least subconsciously. Like an AEW fan expects a lot more out of the talent than a WWE fan does from a in-ring perspective, right? Like, so that's uh, that's fact, and no one can. De- I mean, feel free to debate me in the chat here, but a Roman Reigns type run would absolutely not fly within AEW. Like when when MJF's doing his thing, we were getting responses of how he never works and why is this guy a big deal right which is the absolute opposite of roman i know people have that opinion but like just the general wwe audience member the next million compared to dynamite like don't really care if the guy works or not on tv they just want to see him talk and interact with people that's just the name styles of the are totally it. different yeah that's totally what vince perfected so yeah he did he did and, they, and, and and yeah like that's you know you're gonna have you're going to drive some people away with it for sure. But, you know, there's a lot of other people to get out there too. And so, yeah, but like, that's the thing. And I mean, that's why it's like a punk run in WWE, you know, if you can, if things can stay on the good side of, you know, uh, if everybody's feelings stay nice and jovial, um, it's better for punk long-term, you know, he doesn't have to have the type of matches with, you know, Swerve Strickland that he had to have in a, in AEW. Um, Zach is not happy with WWE. <laughs> Zach, Punk just talks again. We talked about that just now. Gargano was cheating like Colonel Parker in 1994. Boy, you know what? So I wrote a Steve Austin book. You guys hopefully all know that. Uh, more details soon about when the uh, actually hard copy book's coming out. It's exciting. It's coming out soon. But Colonel Parker managed stunning Steve Austin in 1994. And it's the most bizarre pairing. Like, I think a lot of people forget it because it didn't last very long. But, man, Colonel Parker. I watched way too many Colonel Parker. <laughs> that I but you really only watched one when you think about it, didn't you? Yes, Might have watched very, very 100, true. but. <laughs> yes, very true. Um, 
And Jinder and Nia are being pushed. Truth is part of the judgment day. Miz is still a face, but Raw was smart. Zach, I feel like that's a shot, like like a right hook towards towards me. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, well, it kind of is, but I'm just kidding. Look, I mean, I I, I think I still think it was. I mean, I still look. Gargano cheating was was weird, and Gargano still has issues on the main roster. So I'll I'll give you I'll give you that one for sure. Um, gender, like, look, this is a, it's a squash match feud for Seth. That's what it is. Like, it's just like hook, except gender's a heel. Like, like they're out there to, I mean, I think the hook match is going to be better and more compelling than gender because I think he's just more of an interesting character, but they're out there to play the same role, lose to the champion on a TV in a TV match. That's what's happening here. I don't like, I don't understand why that's like not smart. Like that's smart to me. You know, Nia, we're going to fundamentally disagree on Nia Jax, Zach, and, and others. But, like, I, I mean, she's serving her purpose on the show in a really strong way. She's a different type of wrestler on the women's roster. She, you know, she gets heat. Um, like, day by day, she's, you know, presented as, like, the, you know, the immovable object that, that nobody can beat. Rhea Ripley gets huge pops opposite her. Like, I think that was telling this week. And so I don't get why that's not smart. The truth stuff, silly. Could I do without it? Yes. But I don't, but like, that's part of WWE. They, they do that stuff. Um, and so, I mean, yeah, I feel like I could, let's just like easily argue those points. I, I, I don't have nearly as big of an issue as you seem to, Zach. Um, but Tyler, you know, break the tie here, baby, or break the, the argument. Yeah, I mean, is any of that stuff very good? I mean, I like the true stuff, but I kind of like that aspect of WWE, right? And I like the characters are slotted for that. And anytime truth's on the screen, I definitely stick and don't switch the channel. So that's just me personally. But yeah, yeah but I mean, it, that's valuable though. I mean, like yeah. that's what they want. Yeah, and I would say like if Ross two hours, I think you're cutting out like Gargano and Miz out of this conversation because they're probably just not featured in a way yes. to fill time. Um, you know, Naya and Gender are similar to me of like they get relative heat and get big wins for the people they're going against. You know, they're both like Naya is the big show, right? From 15 years ago is how she's being used. And I think that big show character was annoying back then as well. But, yeah. you know, if if Rhea is your John Cena, then it works tremendously well, right? In, in hindsight. So um, I think that that would be the ideal goal there. And then, yeah, so in gender, like, I don't know, I'd rather probably Seth not have a match, honestly, than have this at the show. But it literally doesn't matter that WWE's booked an event to help themselves have a match that doesn't matter at all. So, yeah, I mean, the three hours is more the issue, but. Um, I mean, like, yeah. by the time this, by the time the gender match happens, I mean, like, it's going to be like a little short little build thing, like, like, like the Shinsuke match was for Cody that's a little bit longer, but yeah. same idea. Like it's the same idea. And, you know, gender from Zach here, gender has less than zero credibility. Yeah. I mean, it, yeah, he, he doesn't have much other than like he attacked the champion and now Seth wants, wants revenge. I mean, that's, that's the essence of the story. It's not a good one, but it's a, a decent way to like get Seth into a match that he can win. And like, like look strong in. I, I don't have a problem with that. And then here from Zach, Nia gets heat because everyone legit hates her. <clears throat> Zach, my friend, I think you got to reread that tweet, man, or that message. Like, 
yeah, that's heat. That is heat to me. Like, I, everyone hates her. I mean, isn't that kind of the point? Like, I think that's kind of the idea. Um, but I don't know. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm, maybe I'm wrong. Well, that's where you're going to push Kip Sabian so hard in AEW, too. So. Well, I just haven't got a dig on Kip, on Kip for a long time. So I want to get that in there. <laughs> you needed your weekly Kip Sabian. Yeah. I mean, but Kip Sabian, though, like, there's still difference there because he's like, what, 5'3? And like, I mean, like, he doesn't have, I don't know, the, like, he's bigger than that. I, just, I don't I'll see look, like, I'll look at him. <laughs> see, now I, do, now I had to dig on Kip Sabian. Um, I love uh, Tracy's comment here. Tracy, thank you so much. And Zach, thank you too. Uh, He's 5'11 per Google. So he is? No. Yeah. Google's inflating that. Shame on them. Um, <laughs> Tracy says, I'm less frail than punk. I love it. I love that. Yeah, Tracy, I mean, probably are. I mean, punk is a not like, you, you, you look at the matches that he had in AEW, like the big ones, the ones that went like 20 minutes plus. He got hurt in all of them, minus the uh, the MJF stuff. So, yeah, I mean, there's reason to be concerned there for sure. I mean, we're kind of all over the place at this point. But uh, but thanks for the comment, Tracy. I, I, I definitely appreciate it. Um, guys, we were going to wrap up on a topic. I promise we would. And uh, it's from Matt, uh, who chimed in earlier in the show, because this weekend is the official rebrand. Impact Wrestling rebrands to TNA once again. And Matt says here, we live in a world where TNA has better belt designs than WWE <laughs> and AEW. What is happening? Um, <laughs> yes. Uh, so, yes, this weekend, hard to kill. Um, we'll have some coverage of some kind, uh, either on YouTube here on the YouTube channel or on our Substack of the show. Uh, but the belt, they released the new belts, uh, yesterday and they're, they are pretty sharp. I will say that they are pretty sharp belts. I didn't, I wasn't a fan of the last round of impact wrestling belts, but, um, I think these are pretty cool. Um, I'm not really a belt guy, so like, I don't, I don't harp on it too much, but I think these are cool. Um, and, uh, it's just a fun, funny comment to call out, Matt. Thank you. Tyler, what do you think? Are you looking at it right now? Yeah. We'll I talk that up on our, on our, uh, Twitter feed for you guys as well. Yeah. Oh, it, it's the, uh, the splash of color certainly helps right on the yeah, all gold. It does. If, if, it, really if does. it didn't have the red TNA leather behind it, it would look just like an AEW belt, which is like pretty, if you get the high res photo and zoom in on it, but it just looks like a big old chunk of gold. I like the tag tiles the best, but I love, love. I'm more of a belt guy than you are, probably like exponentially. But I love yes. silver and red leather. I think that is like such a clean look. Um, so yeah, it, it's good. Um, you know, I think the worst belt of all time, and this is like probably its own show. I I so hate of like a mainstream company. I so hate hated those like copper Spartan with black leather WWE tag title belts. I think there was like oh, the ones that look like pennies. Yes, the most god awful belts probably any major promotions ever had. Um, that were not like individual, you know, like the fiend is was cool, but like definitely not like a belt. That was a item to purchase. But yeah, I don't yeah, know that you these, can really these, count that one. Those are cool, but man, every time it looks like this is topic maybe for next week. Why well, there's a lot of scuttlebutt about TNA Thursdays. How long is that TV deal? 
being a subsidiary of you know <laughs> WWE. Do they can would they control every night of the week but Wednesday? Very interesting discussion, I think, to save for later. But Alex Shelley yeah. being the world champion, um, I forgot. And that's who would have thought? Certainly a choice. Thought? I like Alex Shelley, but you know, I think he's a guy you add to an indie show um, to to sell some tickets. But whatever. Uh, if that I like, he's I, a good yeah. worker. He's a good worker. So. But it is good worker, good guy. I've met him before. Um, and uh, great hair. Yeah, we'll talk about it. But yeah, we don't talk too much TNA Impact, so it'll be nice to revisit that uh, that topic next week, guys. We will wrap it up there. I want to hit this last one from Zach here. It's go away heat. Yeah, that's for Naya or for us. I can't tell. Not, <laughs> or for us, either one. I'm not sure. Uh, but I mean, maybe, maybe heat is heat. It's hard to get heat in 2024. So. You know, I'm with her on that. But, guys, thank you so much. That was an absolute blast. I have a run sheet here of topics, um, and it's always fun to kind of, like, mix it up with you guys and have you mix it up back, whether it's in the Super Chats or the live chat. You guys went – it's so fun to read, you know, the back and forth there. Um, So thank you, thank you, thank you for joining us live. If uh, uh, you want to catch us live, we're live every week. Uh, on Thursday afternoons. Um, so subscribe, hit the notification button so you know when we go live. Um, if you're not able to listen to us live, you can catch this later on the YouTube channel or as a podcast. We simulcast this right back um, where all podcasts can be found, Apple, Spotify, iHeart, anywhere you want it, um, it's there. Um, so you can check out the show there too if you need to take us on the road and you know take us to the, to the grocery store or wherever um we're right along there with you um thank you so much to everybody uh for the super chats today it's ex- exciting moment for Brestring media exciting moment for the show um and you know i i just we're very appreciative and it can help us uh it really helps us grow and helps us uh, continue to turn Brestring media into something that can serve you guys and cover the uh, the wrestling business very very well did i miss a super chat oh my god yeah i'm looking for it now about when did you send it in zach if you can put that let's see here you missed my super chat zach says oh i have it i got it right here okay yes yes zach apologies thank you shout out to tony storm her promo was hysterical last night we're gonna need a wendy richter cameo at some point zach i would not put that past uh <laughs> Tony Khan, I would not. With uh, no explanation, literally, you Zach would get it because I had to look up who that was. If I'm being honest, <laughs> I'm the only one. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't put it past her. Um, I mean, yeah, I mean, but ultimately, like, I, I agree on Tony Storm. I, I like what she's, I like what she's doing a lot. I think it's a cool gimmick. Um, and what I like most is that it transitions to the ring, you know, and, and yeah. she talks about winning and losing. She talks about the championship. So, and on that, that subject, I'm like the way out. My wife is always my barometer for like very casual person that's forced to watch wrestling. Oh yeah, um, yeah, yeah. and like Jade was her number one with a bullet on Dyn- on AEW, and Tony Storm was taking that cake big time now. So so it's working on star power Important. transfer. So just for what it's worth, and yes, Zach, I I did not know who Wendy Richter was. My like, I know she's a wrestler from the nineties. Eighties uh, uh, too. But eighties, yeah. So I mean, that's definitely a blind spot for me. That I need to recover, but we'll we'll get you some Randy Rick, Wendy Richter. There you go, guys. Thank you, thank you, thank you. We appreciate it. We'll be back next week, and uh, you know, if you want more Brass Ring Media on Patreon, patreon.com backslash Brass Ring Media. We appreciate you. Thank you for joining the show, Tyler. Thank you. We'll talk to you all really, really soon. See ya. Cool. See you guys.